0: Hello everyone, this is Kathak Kachakkar. My name is Pramit and this place is designed to be a central platform to bring conversations with Kathakars across the globe. So today I have with me Neha Shushadrinath. Nehadi is an innovative and versatile performer of Indian classical dance forms. Her passion for the arts is palpable in her elegantly crafted performances. She has been trained in Kathak and Bharatnatyam under the tutelage of Srimati Nirupama and Shri T.D. Rajendra of Abhinav Dance Academy, ADC for over 18 years. She has also been trained in Natya Shastra under the guidance of her guru, Srimati Nirupama Rajendra. Nehadi, how are you?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: I am good. And at this point, I would like to thank Rafiadi, Rafiabong, for uh-huh. introducing me to you. And so Nihadi, just to get started with, I would like to know, uh, you know, we wanted to discuss about karanas and how they're used in Kathak. So could you tell us a little bit about what they are?
1: Okay. Uh, karanas were uh, reconstructed by Dr. Padmasubramaniam. Okay. They are, they come under the uh, treaties of Natyashastra. It comes in the uh, chapter of Tandava Lakshana. So uh, Natyashastra talks about different aspects of art. Uh, it covers a wide range of things like costuming, stage design, uh, movement, or the actors. So it covers a wide variety of things. And in that, Karanas comes under the movement vocabulary. So they are uh, movements which combine the legs and mm-hmm. the hands. When they combine together is called a Karana mm-hmm. and they are one not eight of them.
2: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, Dr. padmasudramanyam reconstructed them um, mm-hmm. after a lot of research uh, using the text of Nathya Shastra and a few other texts that came after it. And also going to the different sites uh, and uh, visiting different temples and doing a lot of research with, the the textual content and also the visual the sculptures that we see in temples, of course they are the frozen movement, hmm. but then sorry the frozen pose that we see, but then the movement behind it uh, okay like going from point A to point B, how it has to be done with the base of the nashastra, how it is how it was described there because each karna has its own uh movement of the hand, movement of the legs Mm -hmm. and the different sthanakas or the positions in which, uh, you know, you have to be in Mm. while doing those karanas. So with this reference and also with a lot of research and, uh, you know, combining the two, she reconstructed them and I was lucky enough to learn it from my guru also.
0: Understood. So with that background and with that, her doing, now that you have those hundred Karnas in front of you, what have you mm-hmm. found? Like uh, uh, have they been used in Kathak before or how can they be used or how how, uh, how are they being used or the application of Kathak? I'm very curious about that.
1: Yes. Uh, so the Karnas form yes. the Marga, the Marga tradition or the Marga Nrita, which is like, the mother source, like how you would have uh, Sanskrit. And from there, you have all the regional languages that have come. Right. So Karnas um, will form the, the main marga from mm-hmm. which all the other deshi styles of dance, be it Bhartanatyam, Kathak, Mohinyatam, Kuchupudi, Odissi, mm-hmm. they all have come from there. Mm-hmm. So we'll see traces of the Karnas or even the break... Uh, the charis are what we call them. Uh, Charis are just movements of the legs or from the hip Mm -hmm. down to the toes. I see. So you can also see so many, you know, uh, movements which are seen in the different deshi styles as well. But it's just that we might not be aware of it since we hadn't Uh, We wouldn't have learned it in class or we wouldn't know about them before. Even Mm -hmm. I was unaware before I learned the karanas. And when I started learning them, I could see, ah, yes, so this position is where we use that in Kathak. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, the first uh, chari. So the charis are of two kinds. We have the chari, where the foot is not lifted off from the floor. So it moved only with the contact on the floor. And Mm. the Akatshacharis where, you know, you have different leaps and jumps and extending the leg. So the first uh, Bhuchari is Samapada. Mm. And the way we perform Samapada while we're doing it, it go right, left, right, left, 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 right, left, right on the foot. Mm. So it is the same as our Tatkar that we do. The basic footwork. So like this, there are traces, but... um, well, you have to observe and maybe when you learn all of them and you're mm-hmm. able to see the comparisons uh, you can take from one to the other and see where you can apply it understood
0: um and yeah thanks for showing us the kind of links that exist between what we do now and what was there then so i guess i'm very curious like what inspires you to go beyond what's what you learned in class or what's kind of traditionally available and see what was there in the just uh, what inspired you to go into those things
1: oh for this for sure the main inspirations have been my gurus because mm-hmm. uh, i think it i think it's only them who have seen applying the karanad or even like maybe the karanamsha like if not the whole karanad the feel of it or mm. uh, some. Maybe like the beginning part or the ending part or some part of the Karanas into the Katha vocabulary. Okay. So while being in Abhinava and, you know, being a part of a lot of productions with them and Mm. mainly being in the process during the choreography process, Mm. you know, trying something, not, you know, unlearning, relearning, trying something different. That's when I experienced how just. How different movements can be used even in Kathak, uh, movements from Karanas or Charis. Mm-hmm. So that has surely inspired me a lot. Okay. And uh, so even when um, now being away from Bangalore and not being an active member of Abhinavab, even when I'm choreographing by myself or practicing, mm-hmm. I still find myself, you know, trying some Karanas along with Kathak movement. So that's nice because it, Um, there is a certain fluidity in Kathak and Karnas that I noticed, but also there is so much of grounding in both Hmm. of them. And uh, I find this, uh, how do I say, I find uh, the similarity in both. And what do you
0: mean by grounding here? When you say grounding?
1: Huh, like the for me, uh, I see dance where mm-hmm. there has to be an equal uh, distribution of strength and grace. So I feel like okay. the grounding foot comes or having a strong core comes mm. with that strength, okay. but still very fluid, whether with your movements, with your agility to move from one place to the other, mm. uh, that would bring about the fluidity. So that balance between the two. Uh, whenever I practice, I always try to find that balance because I personally, I don't want my movements to look very strong, you know, just lines, lines, lines and part, part, part everywhere or like like very fluid and gentle. I don't think that's that's very me too. So I always right. look for balance of either my hands are soft but my footwork is more strong and grounded or, mm. you know, and I found this balance even with karanats in fact, oh. I think it helped me more to mm-hmm. find that balance because some of the hand movements are so graceful and uh, so agile, mm-hmm. but the foot has to be really strong mm. however you're moving them, you know, your lines or your extending or your balancing. Uh, and there's so much of dislocation, and, but still yet they're all moving in unity. Mm. While performing the karanas, I don't think I can ever master it. But you know, it's always to be on the right path and make sure you're still on the path of getting it better.
0: Got it. On the path of getting it better, and I'm, I'm so uh, thank you for sharing that. It looks like you're really enjoying this process. Nadeem. I do. Yes. And uh, since you talked about moving away from Bangalore, and so you're in Prague right now, right?
1: Uh, actually, I live in Brno. It's south of Prague, but yes, in oh, Czech.
0: Okay. So what is it like like practicing Kathak there and spreading the art form there? Just want to be curious about that. I assume you are the only one for miles around, but curious.
1: <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, I was very excited in the beginning because mm-hmm. as much as I missed being in Bangalore and being with a group mm-hmm. and... Uh, performance after performance, everyday rehearsals or taking classes, there was a routine that was set for years. Mm -hmm. Um, But moving away did feel nice, but it did come with its own difficulties, especially in a country like Czech Republic. People are still not very open to trying something new.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: Of course, uh, if they know Kathak, it will come through... Mohe Rang or Kahe Chhed, you know, the songs from Bollywood. And then I have to see, yeah, you know, those movements you see there, uh, that, would, that is inspired from Kathak or that's where it comes from. So okay. I would have to still take the Bollywood route to yes. reach uh, Kathak with them.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: there are also some who have been very open to trying something new. Hmm. And also the population is still... Lesser, and the Indian community is not as active as maybe they are in Germany or France. Hmm. Uh, I'm probably the only Indian Kathak dancer here in Czech Republic. Achha. so It is an advantage and a disadvantage. Right. Uh, there is another mother-daughter pair who teach, who are the first ones to start Kathak here, I think. Mm-hmm. And after them, it's the only Indian dancing Kathak is me. I see. So... It's been, but it surely has been tough after COVID
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because the few interested who wanted to learn have also fizzled out and I'm unable to travel to Prague, which has a bigger community,
2: mm-hmm.
1: a bigger Indian community or even the locals who are more willing to try. Mm-hmm. But it's picking up again. So yeah. we have to see how it goes.
2: Fair
0: enough. And yeah, thank you for sharing that. And so right now, are you like working on your more creations more? Are you looking for getting more students or workshops? What's it like right now? I know COVID is tricky, but.
1: Uh, COVID and a small baby. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. So it has. uh, It's been quite a break, I think, from dancing and performing. Mm I should start working more on my own creative process or working more on choreographies going forward. Um, mm-hmm. I was doing that past mm-hmm. uh, one or two years, I think. My attention was all on uh, my health and the baby since it was just uh, the two of us taking care here. Mm-hmm. mainly. But it's it has started off well. I've started taking classes again. Uh, Online classes and offline, Mm -hmm. and slowly one or two performances here and there. So hopefully, it'll catch up. But I'm looking forward to more of self practice. So I see, even if not performing.
0: And uh, so on that note, Nehadi, when it comes to self practice or what does that look like for you? What are the things you like to practice or put when you do that?
1: Um. To be honest, my stamina has gone. If -hmm. you're not dancing every day, if you're not consistent, obviously you can't expect results to just come. You can't just do adkun for long times. I can't expect that. So I have to get my stamina back, get my strength back. But I think I also want to see what I have to say
2: Mm -hmm. with my
1: art. Uh, I feel like I've been pushing that away for some time or um like I want to address few things that might interest me or what how I can give back to Kathak for all the years that I have learned what would my small contribution be to this mm-hmm. art form so I've been trying to think about these things and uh, I have to see how I can take this forward
0: Fair so when you say you are, uh, you want to say with your art, is that like, you mean dancing or are you talking about more like lecture demonstrations or speaking about the art form or a mix of everything? How are I'm you picturing that?
1: Much of a speaker. I would, uh, I would struggle to speak hmm. uh, more to say with the dance. I think that's easier for me.
0: <laughs> that's fair. And Nihadi, one thing I want to know is like, when it comes to teaching, like when you you taught someone, you know everyone's taught a certain way, and they teach in another way. In the sense, like you pass on certain things that you learn from your gurus and stuff, and there's certain things you do differently. So, mm-hmm. whenever you've seen yourself teaching, how do you feel you teach differently than the way you were taught, or what are the things you bring that maybe weren't taught to you?
2: Hmm. One
1: thing that has been um... Not really in the way of teaching, maybe. Uh, A lot of my teaching has been influenced by my gurus or Mm -hmm. the structure of the syllabus. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I have seen that I do enjoy individual one-on-one sessions more after moving here because uh, back in Bangalore it was more group sessions. Right. I used to take at Abhinava. But here, I have liked the one-on-one process, because it gives a better understanding of the individual, Hmm. whether it's the teacher or the student who's learning, there is a better connect. Hmm. And I think uh, that connect is important to see the, the kind of things that you might want to learn. Or I because I think like, at some point, all of our personalities do affect the way we dance. Oh, where it does. Uh, I keep actually thinking about this. There mm-hmm. is, when you're taking up different characters, right? we are told to, you know, forget ourselves and involve ourselves fully in that character. Mm-hmm. You do see a lot of themes nowadays where they take inspiration from their own stories, their own experiences and make that into a production or, you know, tell their own story. So, mm. I think it so what it what I try to do with the individual classes, especially, is mm. to again bring a balance. I think my life motto is balance. Mm. So, in what would I do? So, even here, I would still like to stick to some traditional uh, stories or mythological stories that have been passed on from one group mm. to another the because they are precious and some of the choreographies are so beautiful. Hmm. whether in terms of dance the music the poetry
2: hmm. is it's
1: very rich and so that is one part which i address and the other part is what would they want to take from art and what they want to give to art hmm. with their own stories or experiences because as a having been having studied psychology and counseling, okay. I do know that dance has a lot of effect on our body and mind.
2: Okay. It does calm
1: us down. It does release some tensions. You feel better. And I've had students who have gone through some difficult phases mm-hmm. in life or, you know, mm-hmm. or going through depression or uh, some issues with mental health. Right. And, and when I ask them to Share their story through movement,
2: right. and
1: I see that they feel better after class. Nice. So it's always it's both. So this is what um, this might be one thing that I've incorporated after uh, coming here and teaching.
0: That's really cool. I think about, yeah, what you said about um, uh, that you know how your person your personality affects your dance is really interesting to me. Um, and since you mentioned your background in psychology and counseling, I'm very curious, like, because like if you're k- kind of talking to your students, you mm-hmm. know, a part of, like you can listen to them and kind of help them out. But, you know, you don't want to end up becoming their therapist, of course, as well. So how do you draw the line for yourself and like kind of be that support system, but like not become a professional mental health counselor as well? I guess curious about
1: I actually start my classes with a few minutes of how are you doing? How was the past week? How is it going? Bring them from the outside world and then address if there are any issues because sometimes they do open up. And I don't want to block those doors also. It shouldn't be like, no, this is not part of Kathak syllabus. We're not going to talk about your uh, your sufferings in the outside world. I don't want to be that way. Most of the teacher-student relationship is like that, right? I've also had a good relationship, so... I know how it is to uh, be there for the student. Sometimes even they are there for me. If I, if I was having a bad time, uh, like during my pregnancy, you know, if I was having a bad day some days, they would say, it's okay, ma'am, don't worry, you'll be fine. Or sit down, you know, we'll It's a two-way street. It's nice.
0: Yeah, understood. Okay, yeah, thanks for explaining that. Uh, and it's good that you have that you can support your students and students can support you that's a good relationship to have Nihadi. Um, yes. one thing I want to know is like see now that now that you're a mother has that head that has how that has that changed how you view Kathak? like the the pieces you want to do or the things that attract you now compared to what it was before or even looking at the same composition piece or dance do you see anything differently or has that changed for you has Kathak changed for you since being a mother
1: well, one thing uh, that has changed mm-hmm. but I'm yet to do my research so I don't want to say something and you know, uh, feel like I don't know anything which I don't know what I want to say is that uh, I do want to find more lullabies with girls in it <laughs> you know, like it would be addressed to Krishna or, you know Rama, like these uh, you know, the tumakchaletate ramachandra
2: mm. I
1: want to have something with a girl since I have like a daughter. I know oh. it doesn't make sense. It might not, whether it's a boy walking or a girl walking or mm. uh, but I think I have mostly learned about dressing up a little Krishna or dressing up a little Rama. I would want to dress up a little Sita or a mm. Lakshmi or Parvati. Maybe I should do my research and find songs if they have, you know, something on these lines. That would be nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I guess when you went you to r- l-
1: do, let me know if you know any.
0: I mean, I honestly, when you said lullabies, my my mind immediately went to like English lullabies. I was thinking Mary Had a Little Lamb, and like, <laughs> and I was wondering if there's a, there's a, there's someone in it, the Itsy Bitsy Spider, but the spider is a, totally the only character in Itsy Bitsy Spider, but. Yeah. But the only the the only Hindi lalibai know is Chanda to and that it and I guess Chanda would be a little boy if you think about it. But yes, that's a very interesting line of thought. I i want to see where you go with that in the future, Nehadi. Um and so Nehadi, I guess one thing I wanted to know is like say your process of creation, whether that be like a small composition or choreography, like When you say listen to a piece and you want to convert that to movement or say bring it on stage, what does that process look like for you when you're creating something, when you're creating a choreography?
1: Mm, First would be maybe looking at the content Mm -hmm. of what I want to do. If it's already a piece that is ready with its music and the poetry, Mm -hmm. the work is done. But uh, if you want to go through the whole process, then it would be, finding the content for it Mm -hmm. and then finding relevant poetry or uh, a story that would go with it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And and then seeing, I think the music and dance might go sort of uh, together or find a structure of movements and see like since you would already have the story and content in hand, you would know Mm -hmm. I'm sure the mind is already you know, creating movements and seeing how you would want to take that content forward. Right. And the music would come to, hmm. uh, to complement the movement. Or if there is something that the music sounds better, you can also change your movement according to that. But having a basic structure of... Uh, the movements that you want to do, the story that you want to say mm-hmm. uh, will help in composing the music also for that. I think this would be the process. of
2: Okay, it. so it's kind of an
0: interplay between the music and like the movements that you're doing and you kind of re- iterate between those two.
1: And... Yes, but if there's already like a bandish or something, like mm-hmm. the music is already ready. Right. Then You would only... What I do is I just listen to it, listen to it like a hundred times, get it fully into my system. Oh. And most of the times, I won't even be dancing. Oh, you should. It's just also, I'm a lazy person most of the days, uh, but I like listening to music. I've been brought up uh, listening to Hindustani music since I was a little girl. So I would listen to it a lot of times and then where it's totally inside, and as I'm listening, I know certain movements that would go along with it, that would feel natural to me, that would feel natural to what I would want to say or how my body would move to that music, and mm-hmm. then I try it out.
0: Understood. Understood. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. And say, when it comes to choreographies and performances, uh, you know, uh, seems like you've performed in a bunch of places you know on the world as well would, what would you say your, your most memorable performances and if you have any anecdote to share from there
1: I would have to say the very first performance that I did Abhinava Dance Company I still remember getting a phone call from my teacher her asking me if I would like to participate in a certain performance and I remember going there even the night that we had to leave it was in another city in Karnataka so I was still a beginner And I had seniors who were performing everywhere then. I really enjoyed that because that's what I wanted to do. And I saw myself doing it for many years to come. I am proud of that little Neha who (laughs) was, you know, (laughs) who was consistent in going for every other performance from there.
2: That's
0: really cool. And since you talk, you know, Bangalore has come up a bit. And since you spend uh, a lot of time in Bangalore kind of honing your craft, have you felt, felt like being in Bangalore, being in Karnataka has informed your Kathak in a way, in, in, in a specific way? Like how has it influenced you?
1: Um, it has, I think, in ways that, um, I think having learned Bharatanatyam and also being under teachers who have, who practice and teach Bharatanatyam and perform Bharatanatyam, mm-hmm. uh, there's this, even though it's, it's Kathak, especially when it comes to Abhinaya pieces, I mm-hmm. feel like uh, the way we do Abhinaya, there's, it's a little bit more exaggerated maybe than how I would see uh, people from the North performing Kathak. Achau. And I've also had instances where I've worked with other dance companies and the dancers there, my Samudras that they were using would be much lighter and I would have like a strong you know, Katka in my hand if I had to show a girl and they would just be like, you know, just, just a very light thing. So I think mm. uh, the influence of having learned Bhatnatyam also, right? Uh, maybe it had its effects there. Mm. And, and also like the environment that you're in, uh, even with the kind of poetry that you might choose, the content mm-hmm. of your uh, program or choreographies might vary. Uh, like in Karnataka, we have the concept of Dasa Sahitya, oh, where uh, different saints like Purandara Dasa, Kanaka Dasa, we all have written very um, nice songs in praise of uh, Lord Krishna or, you know, uh, it, uh, their own gods that they follow. Right. And all of these, you would see Kathak dances from Karnataka using these songs more. Hmm. But I'm not sure if I'm... I'm not sure about this, but maybe you would find uh, people's dancing for Rabindra Sangeet more from West Bengal. I don't think that would be so common in Karnataka. Makes sense. So... But all of these add so much more to the richness of Kathak because everyone from our own different uh, states and our own different traditions and culture, we're mm-hmm. still following the body language of Kathak. But the stories that we might say, or the poetry used, or even the way the music might be done, hmm. will vary so much.
0: Okay. So, Jane, okay. I guess a lot of it is to do with like the literature that's available uh, there or oh, that yeah. forms for the cultural background. And you talked about, or oh, even Abhinav has done differently. And I guess, uh, I, I guess that explains that. And I guess one thing I want to discuss is, let me pull it up, mm-hmm. is yes. So when you, uh, since you've been associated with the Abhinava dance company for so, so such a long time, just want to know like the work you've done there or how has, uh, like, yeah like right from learning from them to performing for them, how has that transition been for you or just like being associated with ADC for such a long time?
1: Ah, um, it has been really nice. Yeah, I did start learning uh, under them for a lot of years and then slowly it shifted to uh, performances where I would be called for just one performance here and there and then Mm. later it became more regular and
2: Hmm.
1: after a few years when they trusted me that i would be able to teach as well i started taking one or two classes here and there or started assisting my seniors over there right and slowly i started taking batches like Hmm. one full batch and then it became two batches and then at one point i was taking uh four batches continuously so like back to back back to back but that was Four batches. Thankfully, it was for a very short period of time. I see. <laughs> and then it went into three batches, I think. Uh, so it has been nice because you start um, you start understanding the people around you very well. You start mm-hmm. understanding the process of creation, how choreography has to be done, mm-hmm. uh, and so many other things related to kathak, and not just learning the dance form. Everything. That would concern uh, Kathak as well and being in a group and working with a group was also a really good experience and uh, and I do miss that structure because it gave me certain sense of discipline to go from you know some days would be I would go early in the morning at seven for a rehearsal stay there have breakfast also with everyone there and then it would go into Some of the choreography session and then lunch there, maybe go home quickly, come back, Mm -hmm. take classes in the evening, or if there's a performance, do that. So sometimes it would be a day long affair. Mm -hmm. And I do miss that, but I also uh, have taken a lot from there, have learned a lot. So those many years of experience of being in Abhinava has uh, really enriched what.
2: I
0: see myself as today. Hmm. Yeah, so those that day, I'm still going back to the 7 a.m. and like that sounds like a very intense day. Yeah. <laughs> and so, since you talked about doing Kathak and Bharatanatyam, in terms of like keeping that together in your head and keeping the movement separate, and not, uh, how did you do that for yourself in the sense like when you practice both art forms?
1: Okay, so I first started learning Bharatanatyam when Mm -hmm. I was a small girl, three years old. I would just go sit and uh, watch and then I would just go try and do some uh, steps whenever the teacher told me to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And from there, after learning for a few years, I shifted to Kathak. That's when I met my present gurus and I joined Abhinava when Mm -hmm. I was 10 years old.
2: Yeah.
1: so at Adinawa, I started only with Kathak. I didn't go into Bharatanatyam there. So the mm-hmm. shift from Bharatanatyam to Kathak, I didn't find any difficulty.
2: Mm.
1: I don't know how, but it was a surprise even for me. I thought I might be sitting more. I thought I might be more, you know, with my hands going, with the elbows going up and I might not be relaxing my elbows enough. Okay. But I started learning Bharatanatyam again mm-hmm. from uh, uh, from man and that's shifting back to Bharatanatyam I did find it difficult because mm. I was so used to the standing position of Kathak right, and my right. body just refused to go into Aramandi <laughs> so yeah. because I think that shift felt more uh, sudden or I don't know it was like oops what am I doing now and my body did uh Hesitate a bit that time, hmm. but uh, after that, it's it's been fine. But to be honest, I've I've been practicing, uh, I've been more actively practicing Kathak, hmm. and uh, Bharnatim's taken a bit of a backseat. But with practicing Karanas, it keeps coming in between here and there.
0: Okay, got it. Yeah, thanks for explaining that part. It is interesting that the first transition you didn't feel it much the second one is when it was more pronounced no, and- I don't. the
1: mm-hmm. way i carried myself the way i had to look i had the tiniest of doubts i'm like how do i look because in kathak you would just you would just directly look wherever you have to
2: right, right?
1: And mm-hmm. the hand was the automatically the head follows right and in bharatanatyam i started like do i look this way do i look take only my eyes do i have to bend my head I started breaking down every movement and it, mm-hmm. sounded, it got to me like mentally more than physically. Mm. Uh, but it was nice. It was again nice to sort of go back to learning what I started my dance journey with. So that mm. felt good.
0: Understood. And if, you're, if you had to talk about your kathak training a bit, also Nehadi, it has a little bit about uh, what it was like, like uh, your training and background and bit, and especially your connection with your gurus in that respect.
1: Like the training of Kathak or?
0: Oh uh, yeah. Like uh, like your training of Kathak who you learned from and what was your connection with them?
1: Uh, uh, it was really nice because um, my teachers laid a lot of importance on the feel of every movement. So Mm -hmm. even though they were technique classes initially, it was also about the intention of moving and why you would want to move. What Mm -hmm. is the story that you want to say? How are you emoting through that movement? So that uh, helped me connect more with the dance form because it was not just about getting the chakra right or getting the footwork right. It was also about the feel of everything. Hmm. So that's the main learning that I would take from them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh with my gurus it has been really nice uh because it's been almost twenty one years of knowing them now mm-hmm. and uh they have it has that place has surely been my second home like if you don't find me at home, I would be in dance class no oh, okay so that that was my relationship and uh, there have been days where, you know, I was very scared or hesitant. That That is also my nature.
2: Hmm.
1: How I would deal with teachers anywhere, with any teacher for that matter, not just my gurus. But they would always make me feel very comfortable and very caring and not just during class, even outside of class. And sometimes we would go out for lunch, for breakfast, uh, or just have fun and go somewhere. And uh, if I needed someone to talk to, and they would still be there. So even when I had to move here, that was the hardest talk I think I had with them because it, it was very difficult for me personally to leave a place where I had stayed for 17 years mm. of you know, also being associated with them. And right. I still remember like forming my sentences, how I would go talk to them. But then they were so open. They were so understanding. They were like, and they gave me their blessing. And they're like, yes, please go ahead. And they gave me contacts whom I could, you know, get in touch with here once I would come and, uh, you know, get my career started here. So, and even after coming here, they had, this is really surprising one for me mm-hmm. because they trusted me that I could still go with them, travel to, I think after coming here, I went to UK and US to perform with them and they were new productions which I had no idea about
2: Hmm.
1: so the whole group practiced in Bangalore the music was created in Bangalore the choreography was done in Bangalore I just sat here in Birno doing nothing (laughs) and in between they would send me videos photographs of where my position is and the whole video clips and two three days before I met them in UK practiced with them and then I danced so Either they were just taking a huge risk with me. Or oh,
0: you're just, just that good.
1: Or they just really trusted me that, you know, that she yeah. has been with us for these many years. So she would hopefully know how to go through the <laughs> production. Uh-huh. So it has been a really good relationship of with my gurus because even after coming here, if they can, and US was also actually, it was almost two months. So that was... Uh, at least UK, I think, was just uh, two, two or three days of shows, but US was two months tour. And uh, and even then I went from Brno. I was here, but I did my practice with, uh, you know, whatever videos I had, a little bit of understanding of spacing, because it becomes very difficult in a group choreography when you're not there physically. Mm. Uh, you should also... Uh, it shouldn't be like one individual dancing somewhere and then the whole group is doing something else. Right. right. Of course, we all, we all have our own styles, even though we all have learned from the same guru. Right. Each one of us, we have our own distinct styles, but it looks very synchronized. It looks very one. Mm.
2: But
1: we're all doing in the same group. So I didn't want to feel very left out and out of place. So I did my practice here and traveled
0: with them and performed. Yeah. And so for this one where you're touring and you're practicing on your own and when you meet them and you finally meet them, are there any like adjustments you need to make with the group or does it like you practiced solo in a certain way, the movements in a certain way, when you finally meet and practice together, were there any adjustments you had to make or you just kind of found your spot and you already did what you were
2: practicing? I
1: think it, was there were certain small changes that were probably done here and there and you know just minor changes here and there okay but, uh, again having been associated with them for so long mm-hmm. I kind of knew what where how my gurus think about positioning or how mm. uh you know, what one thing might lead to somewhere else. And having seen the video so many times, mm-hmm. I knew how I had to move along with the group, wherever it was. Oh, okay. But of course, my other friends, you know, other dance mates, they were always helping me out. No, anyhow, you need to move there. Yeah, yeah, move to mm-hmm. the right. I come back here. You're, you're in my line here. <laughs> so, uh, otherwise, it wouldn't have been possible because I had very supportive friends who helped me uh, mm-hmm. whenever I had doubts and practice with me a little extra if I
0: had to so okay understood <laughs> and since you're talking about performing in US UK and I also noticed in your bio you have Hong Kong Singapore China Bahrain South Africa so since you've performed in so many places uh, uh, like do you do you have an idea of like do you change would you change your performances based on where you were or how does the, how does the audience itself like the country you are inform what you perform just curious about that
1: Yes, Uh, most of these performances were uh, group performances of the company. So uh, mainly my gurus did take lead on what had to be performed or uh, it would also depend on the organization or whoever has invited us. And if they had a team
2: Mm. team
1: for uh, what they wanted. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that way it would be, Crafted according to their needs, or Mm -hmm. if there was a festival that we would be performing for, Mm -hmm. Uh, if there was a theme for that, or if it was for some other occasion. Uh, So, depending on that. But Mm -hmm. if it was just more of an evening of Kathak, then it would be different performances put together by my gurus themselves.
0: Okay. So, it just depends on how much time you have, whether it's for specifically for Kathak and like the organizers themselves. And so that was my next question. Going to be my next question, Nihadi. So, when it comes to for you, like since you've been performing with the dance company and you have your own performances as well, when you kind of when it comes to selecting organizers or festivals or who to work with, who to not, how do you decide who you want to be associated with or what where you want to perform? Like, what are the what what are the do's and don'ts you have for yourself?
1: Huh? Well. I think after coming here, especially Mm -hmm. my do's and don'ts list have sort of been (laughs) thrown away. I'm doing that I never thought I would do. I came here uh, promising myself that I would try and do Kathak as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And I find myself doing semi-classical workshops. I find myself doing, uh, you know some other kind of dance workshops, mm-hmm. but it has taught me that I shouldn't be very strict and stubborn.
2: Fair. It
1: has taught me to go with the flow
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because honestly, it has been difficult here. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't get bigger organizations again because uh, they still don't know what Kathak is. So I'm mm-hmm. still trying to get them aware of it. So right. for them, I concentrate more on getting workshops, even if it's a semi-classical workshop, right. uh, even if it is for a Bollywood song. So mm-hmm. what I do is my first do's will be uh, what I tell is I need one hour of uh, basic Kathak workshop and then I will teach you a choreography from some Bollywood movie if you want. Uh-huh. So that way they're already interested of, huh, so what is this Kathak? Okay, and the next time, they call me for a workshop they would have asked me can you teach us more of kathak mm. so that's a good thing so uh, right now it's only being more about getting people aware of what kathak is
0: mm. understood <laughs> yeah that's a, there's a lot of groundwork you're doing there and the thank you for doing that work it's important uh, Nihadi. Yeah. So it looks. Like, I'm looking at my topic list. It looks like we've covered everything. So coming to my final question, Nihadi, uh, mm-hmm. like what I, I'd like to know a little bit about your future projects or what's what's next for you? Where do you where do you see going with this?
1: Ah, oh, that is a big question for me too. No. <laughs> As I mentioned before, yeah, I really want to see where I will take this forward because it has. I feel like I haven't taken any major step in. Mm-hmm dance or in my personal uh as a soloist and I think I want to see myself doing some solo productions in the future Mm -hmm. Uh, but before that I would also would like to see myself practice a bit more and get back to more active uh, Mm -hmm. practicing since my baby's she's almost she's one year old now so she's able to uh not take care of herself, but I, at least she can go from point A to point B by herself. <laughs> so <laughs> it gives me some more time for my self-practice. So I think that's good. Uh, the near future is just about practicing and hmm. then furthermore, it would be about some solo production, hopefully, keeping fingers crossed for that.
0: For sure. Nyadi, thank you for coming on. Um, with that, I'll bring this episode to yours.
1: So it's been a pleasure talking to you.
0: Yes. And I love the fact that, you know, you just stop and think about every question <laughs> and you're really speaking for the heart and like, you're so honest about where you are with your journey. Yeah. And you're doing some great Thank work. You. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks.